So good morning. It is a beautiful day. It's March the 21st in 2022. This is the third month of the year of 2022. And looking back on where we have come from as a nation, understanding that it is we the people and everybody is included. Everybody is included in the measuring of the outcomes and the maintenance of public services as we all pay, taxes that is, except for some of y'all who have figured out how to not pay any taxes, like the Donald Trump, oh, drop something, Donald only paid that $750, and $750 is real, because I know that my, my sons, when they began work, they paid a lot more, and so did I, even having children. They just retain your money. And and there was a time that black people just didn't get any money back in their taxes. And that's real. Even when they were in the military, they didn't get no money back. Even when they had five children, they didn't get no money back. And I believe that, you know, the states were just figuring out people who knew how to do the system. Well, they just worked the system. And that happens today. You know, I mean, you have to look at all of the dollars that come from the federal government and the intent behind the services that the federal government helps the state to ensure that happens for its inhabitants. But when you are just coming into an understanding of we the people and we should be included in the maintenance of effort or in the outcomes of how well the student, the state is doing. I mean, you know, you just can't keep on saying, well, you know, all these negative things are happening and we just need more money to help correct that. And I'm saying, well, how are you even measuring negative as the children who struggle in public schools here? Well, they're put out and they do this early as someone could come and testify on a radio station that at five years old, a student will lose the ability to be continuously enrolled in their gifted and talented placement. And I'm saying, wow, how uniquely written. Written so structured that it would consider to me to look like fraud. Because you can't do something until you run out of money, but not when you're working with the federal dollars. And it, and it appears to me that that's what happens most of the time. I'm going to stop here, and I'll be back in a few minutes. To, to speak to something that we actually haven't covered uh, in our in our watch party today, you did mention that she was the head of the Sentencing Commission, which is certainly going to be a lot of attack uh, for Republicans who are going to question whether she's soft on crime. But really, the role that she played there was about creating equity and, and, and justice in the way that people are sentenced. And we know that there's huge sentencing disparity with black folks. So could you speak to uh, speak to that and the importance of the work that she did there and how you think she might present it uh, in these hearings? Well, I think it's important to remember that the, the Sentencing Commission is a bipartisan commission. Um, and this is, she's, not the other, she's not the only person in the court who would have that experience. Um, she, she'd be the second on the current court, but the first, I guess, new court after Justice Breyer leaves. But um, she brings this experience in a, in a country where America, people of both parties, Republicans and Democrats, have come to their recognition 
that the sentencing disparities do have racial impacts, that there is a disproportionate, a disparate impact on African Americans and Latinos, people of color in general. And there has been a bipartisan effort to try to correct that. We haven't seen the legislative accomplishment to go along with that effort at this point, but there's been a slow, slow movement in that direction in both parties. So I don't think this should be a politically difficult position or a challenging position. This is something the most that most Americans support. They don't believe in the crack cocaine disparities. They don't believe in the disparities we see from one issue to an to another, or from one case to another, one state to another, or from one race to another. And Americans want to see some sort of racial equity and justice in our sentencing, uh, especially at a time when uh, there has been an era of mass incarceration, and we were trying to sort of uh, re- to reconfigure it and, and, ju- and over and not and compensate for, the, for those errors in the past. So having said that, I honestly think that that issue, even though it will be used against her by some, I think what we'll find is that majority of her decisions on the Sentencing Commission, her recommendations, have come from bipartisan support, so it won't be an issue uh, that can be used effectively against you. I, I would I would hope not, but you can't say that. They're going to have something to say. You know they already have something. I, I keep picking on Josh, Josh Hawley, who is just a hot, hot mess uh, out there attacking her uh, already. I, I want to ask you, you're, you went to Harvard Law School. Um, I've read some of the pieces where they've talked to uh, her, her former classmates. It is no easy feat to get into Harvard as an undergraduate and then go on to Harvard Law School. We keep talking a lot about uh, the credentials and the credentials, and surely she's had a very storied career uh, as, as is. But I would love for you to speak a little bit to just the stick-to-itiveness and the intellect and the drive of someone who has gone through um, the, the rigors of these types of elite institutions and how that really positions her for the task ahead. Well, you know, it's important to understand that a lot of, a lot of people don't necessarily think that graduating from these so-called elite institutions, as I have and she did, are not, should necessarily be qualifications in order to be on the Supreme Court. But since that has been a standard that people have been using, it's important that she be judged fairly in that respect. And so she has the same qualifications as every other member of the U.S. Supreme Court that she did graduate from a top law school. She graduated from Harvard Law School. Uh, not only that, but as I said before, she's also a court for Supreme Court justice. Uh, she's also served as a district court judge and an appellate court judge. Not only that, she comes to the Supreme Court with a very well-qualified rating from the American Bar Association, which... Uh, Clarence Thomas, for example, does not have uh, on the Supreme Court. Um, she also has this, uh, this, this, this experience that I think that, that people aren't paying attention to because they're focusing on distracting issues. So, for example, we had a few weeks ago, I think it was Tucker Carlson, who made the comment and question about her LSAT scores. But I can tell you this as a lawyer and someone who knows lawyers, I've never in my entire life ever been asked about my LSAT score by anyone who's ever asked job or try to find for a job. It's not relevant. It's almost like going to a job for someone who isn't a lawyer and being asked uh, in an interview about your SAT scores. What's important is her record, a record of achievement, not only in law school, but after law school, as a judge, as a jurist, as a thinker, as an intellect, as a member of the Simpson Commission, uh, as a public defender, as a lawyer of, of great uh, report, report. So I think she has a, a strong record to stand on. I don't think anybody would be able to touch that, no matter how hard they will try, and they will. Pete Boykin, 
Jen, thank you so much for joining us with our NAACP SCOTUS Watch Party here. Appreciate all of your insights, uh, as always. We are uh, coming to the end right now of our coverage of the opening hearings here uh, for the nomination of just of, of Judge Katanji Br uh, Brown Jackson. I want to invite you all to continue following the NAACP on social media. There'll be IG Live just to keep track of everything that's going on. If you want to watch full coverage uh, from just nonstop full coverage of these Senate hearings, you can do so at the Black News Channel. We'll be covering it the next four days, all day, every day. Um, again, keep putting your comments in at the NAACP social uh, sites and, and stay engaged in the conversation. I'm going to turn it back uh, to Abba. It's been fun hanging out with you all and celebrating uh, this morning. Lots more to watch. Abba, turn it back to you. Thank you so much, Aisha, and thank you to all of our panelists for joining us for this watch party today. It has been exciting to learn about the process, about Judge Jackson's uh, qualifications and her, her uh, about just her journey to this space. Uh, it was also great to hear about the excitement that she has generated and so this has been a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful opportunity to gather community. We've had over 16,000 people who joined us on the phone and many more on social media. Uh, and so let's continue. Let's continue uh, with our comments and let's continue to ensure that all of the senators uh, support Judge Jackson. We're going to urge you over the next coming uh, days to contact your senator and let them know that you support Judge Jackson. We have some social media graphics that you'll find on the NACP website and on social media. We, we want you to post those to your social media as well. And, and let the whole world know that we support this woman and we support Judge Jackson. We, we urge all senators to support her as well. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great, great, great day. So good morning. It is a beautiful day. It's March the 21st in 2022. This is a third month of the year of 2022. And looking back on where we have come from as a nation, understanding that it is we the people and everybody is included. Everybody is included in the measuring of the outcomes and the maintenance of public services as we all pay, taxes that is, except for some of y'all who have figured out how to not pay any taxes, like the Donald Trump, oh, dropped something. Donald only paid that $750, and $750 is real, because I know that my, my sons, when they began work, they paid a lot more, and so did I, even having children. They just retain your money. 
And and there was a time that black people just didn't get any money back in their taxes. And that's real. Even when they were in the military, they didn't get no money back. Even when they had five children, they didn't get no money back. And I believe that, you know, the states were just figuring out people who knew how to do the system. Well, they just worked the system. And that happens today, you know. I mean, you have to look at all of the dollars that come from the federal government and the intent behind the services that the federal government helps the state to ensure that happens for its inhabitants. But when you are just coming into an understanding of we the people and we should be included in the maintenance of effort or in the outcomes of how well the student, the state is doing. I mean, you know, you just can't keep on saying, well, you know, all these negative things are happening and we just need more money to help correct that. And I'm saying, well, how are you even measuring negative as the children who struggle in public schools here? Well, they're put out and they do this early as someone could come and testify on a radio station that at five years old, a student will lose the ability to be continuously enrolled in their gifted and talented placement. And I'm saying, wow, how uniquely written, written so structured that it would consider to me to look like fraud because you can't do something until you run out of money, boo. not when you're working with the federal dollars. And it, and it appears to me that that's what happens most of the time. I'm going to stop here and I'll be back in a few minutes. So good evening. Hello. What can we say here? Um, I was trying to understand what I was doing here for a second. I don't want to do that one. That's what I want to do. So this is America. And you know, it was so interesting to hear Nevada Department of Education's response as they have not gotten the third round of ESSER money. Hell, I don't even think they got the second round of ESSER money. As they just don't have any of the data required for the students who are receiving the services. And I'm sorry. The harbor is something that they do. They're using a grant combined funding with the Department of Health and Human Services and the Department of Justice. But that's not public education, is it? I don't find that it is public education. And as I don't find it, well, hell, we live in a society where we are responsible for the human beings. And I could hear how the community partners were talking about the importance of understanding that we are talking about raising human beings. But I didn't hear Clark County present any data or anything that they do. And that's just a reality. It was so interesting that I felt a need to share my opinion. And I did, as I don't mind sharing. But we all have to understand that we are living in America. And the obligation for oversight is you. So when I'm placed a call to the child find people here in Clark County, and that person wanted to know, did I have a child in the district? 
And what I wanted to know is how they find those positions and actually demonstrate where they're going to provide services. As you know, I promise you that the United States government funds local communities based on the census data. And we have census every 10 years. Did we just not get through the census? So that's how many. That's how they know how many children and what ages they are. And, you know, what is the expected outcome. And that's how they know how much money would go into any, any community. And that's how they fund the local schools through the federal government. And as taxes, tax collection is not our issue because anybody who wins some money here is going to pay some taxes. And they just collect federal taxes here. So if you're out here performing on the strip, making all that money, you're going to pay some federal taxes. But when the money comes back, these people feel that they don't have an obligation to ensure access for the youngest and the neediest. As their child find person pretended that it is some kind of identification purposes, privacy issues, how they base their funding and who's receiving those services. And I'm sorry, boo, you just had it all twisted because that's not how it works. So based under the census and the census regulations, based under the legal assurances that you signed to get the money, and how you're providing services to the youngest and the neediest, well, boo, we just all need to know. Huh. And since you didn't like talking to me, you said I had to talk to your higher-up, and every time that happens, nobody ever calls me back. But it really doesn't matter. As a citizen, I understand the process. And as a personal responsibility, as a paid employee of Clark County School District, which makes you a public servant, boo, get to work. Eat purpose, you know, out of many, there's one. But out of one, there will be none. And who will you be in 2022 looking for you? Stand up, shall we? Stand up in 22. Y'all, like, subscribe, and follow this podcast. This is Darlene Anderson saying have a great night.